We are live for an exciting edition of the Squared Circle Cycle Battle. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, there is so much to talk about. We have some breaking news. We have some news from last night to talk about, an interview that happened earlier this afternoon, and we got a pay-per-view coming up this weekend, AEW Revolution. But let's start about the, the big news. The massive announcement has come to fruition It's opened up AEW Dynamite. Tony Khan, as his usual, Tony Khan, hyper-excited self, could not calm himself, almost went into tears when making the announcement that he has purchased Ring of Honor, Ralph. Your thoughts? My thoughts. This is a big deal. Uh, This is something that I've seen a lot of wrestling fans uh, talking about, which is a good thing. You know, I know that certainly... As we discussed before we even came live on here, you know, it's uh, you, you, you got a lot of people that are going to be tribalistic. You know, there's people on both sides of the aisle, people that are hardcore WWE fans. You got some hardcore EW fans. Uh, and then you got some people who will kind of land in the middle, who, who will watch anything and just enjoy wrestling. Now, the one thing that you can certainly say is this is getting a lot of attention. So um, that's a good thing. Um, people are talking about it. Obviously, we want to see where this is going to go. I know a lot of people are talking about dream matches, and there was a report going around that, you know, I guess ROH is supposedly going to serve as the NXT for AEW. Mm-hmm. I don't know what is going to happen with this. Um, I think the most relevant thing here is the content that they got out of this, yes. you know, because when you think of you know, a good majority of pretty prominent pro wrestlers, um, even guys that are in WWE right now, they they hold the rights to the content for some of those wrestlers when they were performing in Ring of Honor. So for that reason alone, it's a big deal. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think the, the content itself, not only for the AEW wrestlers that are there now, but also WWE wrestlers like AJ Styles and, and Seth Rollins, and Damian Priest and... You know, I could go on and on and on about Daniel the different Bryan. Daniel Bryan. I'm talking about current WWE wrestlers that are, you know, that went through Ring of Honor. And, you know, it, it just goes to show you that's going to be a huge piece in negotiating leverage for whenever an HBO Max deal comes or if they decide to go outside of Warner Media, who are they going to go? Um, who are they going to go with? It's going to be going to be interesting, but I, I think. This helps in a streaming deal, and that's what today's television industry is all about. Take it from someone that works in television, someone that has seen the last six years how the industry has completely changed from a linear, you know, whatever you watch on cable television to we got Peacock, we got Paramount Plus, HBO Max, we got Fight TV, and all these other different things that, you know, this is a huge, huge move for Tony Khan. If it's done right, if he, gets a, if he gets a streaming deal out of this, if it turns out where Ring of Honor becomes a developmental brand, that is going to significantly help AEW, and I honestly believe that is going to be the case. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, obviously, I think that the, the, main, the main reason they did this, I think, because, you know, from everything I've read, they, they did not get any talent, right? So from what I understand... Right. Ring of Honor had no talent. There was no contracts. And they they essentially got the library. They got the content, which is the important thing, um, which is huge in today's day and age when you consider, you know, the streaming services, 
Um, more and more people cutting, cutting the cord, so to speak. Right. Um, you know, the, obviously, aside from just having uh, AEW this weekend, which we're going to get into, you have UFC. You can't watch UFC, like just go and buying the pay-per-view without having, uh, I think it's ESPN Plus, which, you know. You can't, so, you can't just do regular pay-per-view through your cable provider? No. No, really? you cannot. No, you have to. Uh, you ha- And I have the ESPN Plus uh, subscription. I think it's something like 90 bucks a year or whatever. May- I don't know what it is, but whatever it is. And then obviously you do have to pay for the pay-per-view on top of that. Um, How much is the pay-per-view on top of that? Uh, we're talking UFC, man. They they just went up again. I think it's $80 for a fight. What? $80 so. on top of the subscription? Absolutely. Holy but, crap. You know, you know, you, and, and, you know, it's it's interesting because we're going to get into the interview today that Vince McMahon did with Pat McAfee. And it really one of the one of the companies and one of the guys that was way ahead of his time when it comes to the streaming services was obviously Vince McMahon. So yes. all of this kind of ties into everything that kind of happened today. Um, but this is this is, you know, I've seen people kind of brush this aside as, a, oh, well, who cares? Ring of Honor was dead. I get that aspect of it. They didn't get talent out of it, so to speak. So it's not really comparable to like Vince buying the WCW back in the day. So does it hold like immediate value? Maybe not, but does it hold value business-wise? Absolutely, because this is leverage. So whether you are a fan of Tony Khan or whether you're not a fan of AEW, and Lord knows, I mean, I've been critical of Tony Khan and AEW countless times on the show, but give credit where credit's due. This certainly is a big deal, not just for mm-hmm. pro wrestling, but you know, the, the industry, it got a lot of attention, you know, yes. all the major news outlets were covering it. So, you know, good for Tony. And not only that, it actually was mentioned by Pat McAfee in that Vince McMahon interview, which we'll talk about in a little bit. There's a lot of other questions that kind of stem from this too. We kind of already touched a little bit on is does this help with the streaming deal? Absolutely. Will this create a developmental brand of some kind? Or AEW. I think it does. And I think if done right, you might actually have, you might actually be able, you might be able to get rid of AEW dark or elevation or make it ring of honor dark, whatever you want to call it, because now you're getting people that would be on dark on ring of honor. And even if they keep all the Sinclair broadcast network that they had, you know, Put them on television, get them TV ready, quote unquote, like what NXT is to WWE. It it was an independent promotion under the WWE umbrella, but now NXT 2.0 is more of a let's get these guys TV ready while being on TV so that when they come to WWE on the main roster, they're recognized and know what they're doing. I think Ring of Honor could definitely play that same role for AEW, and I think that's a great move. The other thing is Cody Rhodes. So there apparently there was breaking news pretty close to when we are going live is that uh, Cody Rhodes and WWE, their talks have fizzled out. And I know there's some people that were speculating even before this news broke that this whole thing with Cody leaving AEW was a work and that he is going to be running Ring of Honor. And perhaps because he can't run for the AEW title, he's going to go after the Ring of Honor title. Yeah, I mean, does that seem like fun fantasy booking? Yeah, and can it be possible? Yeah, anything can be possible in pro wrestling. Um, I can't really speak on 
his contract negotiations with either AEW or WWE. But let's let's think about this for right now. So yes, mm-hmm. Tony Khan has purchased Ring of Honor and he's got the tape library. He's got the content that he has. But like I said, he didn't really acquire, from what I understand, he did not acquire any contracts. Nobody is under contract. So Tony would literally have to, you know, he, yeah, obviously AEW talent can go and wrestle under that, that brand. But right. it's not like they can just roll a ring out anywhere, launch Ring of Honor, acquire talent, and then all of a sudden, okay, well, Cody's going to walk out and shock the world in a couple of weeks. That's good. That to me, in my mind, that would probably take months mm-hmm. to build to that point, to just get people under contract, to get the TV rights. I don't think they do something like that where Cody would just walk out um, on like if they were doing like Ring of Honor on, I don't know, let's say YouTube or something. So is it possible? Would it be fun? Yes. Would it make for a cool storyline? Essentially, Cody Rhodes would be the the Shane McMahon of the story. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I don't, I think it's uh, a little far-fetched. Right. Now, obviously, because Ring of Honor was purchased, does this mean Tony Khan is done? Are there going to be other moves now? I know Andrew Zarian did report that there was talks that AEW or Tony Khan purchased an international pro wrestling library. And some might have connected the dots thinking that this could have been new Japan. Uh, it could be any other promotion outside of the United States. I don't know, but we did get a $2 donation to the super chat party. Thank you very much. Zachary Melvin for this. Uh, he asked, will Tony Khan buy MLW next? I think right now MLW is probably not in a position where they want to be sold. And I don't really see a reason for AEW to buy MLW unless they just want to grow the roster even more. But I think yeah. people even talk about now the roster's too big. Now, if you buy MLW and those contracts, what do you do with all those guys? What do you do with Hammerstone? What do you do with Holiday? What do you do with uh, the Von Erics? You know, Jacob there's, Fatu. Jacob Fatu. There's a lot. Mads um, Kruger. There's a lot of guys there. And they're not going to have a spot in AEW right now. I don't think, except for maybe Fatu and... Holiday and um, and uh, Hammerstone, those are really the only guys I probably would say right now can be on AEW Weekly. Uh, you said Hammerstone and Holiday? And uh, Fatu as well. Okay, yeah, I was going to say Jacob Fatu. Yeah, um, yeah, I haven't been paying attention to MLW in quite some time. Um, you know, obviously there's a connection there with MJF uh, from the Dynasty with Holiday and Hammerstone, but uh, I don't know, man. I think now that AEW um, has quite a bit of talent under their umbrella there, I, mm-hmm. I don't really need to see them go and acquire anybody else for just for, for a little bit, right. especially when you consider, you know, obviously the rumors are Jeff Hardy's going to go there. Okay, that's another guy. Um, who knows who else is going to end up going there? If Cody does come back, I don't know. That's, he's going to obviously need some TV time. So I don't know. Right, right. I, I don't think. You know, I don't think MLW is for sale right now. I don't, I think some people are even saying impact. I don't think that's happening right now. I think in time, maybe AEW or Tony Khan branches out and tries to get a little bit more, but you don't want what Vince McMahon did in the eighties and just like bought everybody. And then he kind of killed the territories. You don't want that. And how ironic, (laughs) you know, I know people might go in the comments in the, in the chat here and be like, Oh, that's not going to happen. You can't dwell on the past stuff like that. You know, but you learn from history and history tends to repeat itself. So this is a big move, but let this 
be the chip right now. I don't want him. I don't want Tony Khan to get too big for himself. Where one, he gets overwhelmed, and two, he ends up killing the industry that he's trying to keep thriving. So, I think Ring of Honor right now is the only, the only move for now. But who knows in due time. But we talk about Tony Khan and his big move. But we had. I thought a very good interview with Pat McAfee and Vince McMahon uh, this afternoon on Pat McAfee's YouTube show. If you guys have not seen this, I would highly recommend it. Now, I think that like the AEW news, if you're on the tribalistic side of the spectrum where if you thought, if you're a WWE tribalistic fan, you thought this interview was like the greatest interview ever. If you're a tribalistic AEW fan, you thought Vince McMahon was a bunch of crap. He didn't answer anything really of significance, and it wasn't a good interview. It was just Pat McAfee just kissing ass for 47 minutes. But I think most wrestling fans that don't really have, uh, are really like separated or on each side, they like both promotions or whatever, I think were pleasantly surprised at how open Vince McMahon was in this interview. And even me, like I, I thought this thing could have been a train wreck. I thought it was going to be, you know, 20 minutes of kiss ass, which don't get me wrong. McAfee definitely kissed some ass in this interview, but Vince McMahon, I thought answered these questions as best as he could. Yeah. And you know, Pat McAfee certainly laid it on pretty thick and, and, uh, throughout a lot of points for in this interview. Um, I don't think he necessarily asked him any pressing questions, but that was okay. It definitely didn't take away from the content that we got because you don't always need to have these super controversial conversations. Like, you know, obviously just by example, look at, look at like, uh, I guess like Joe Rogan, when he had that whole conversation with the doctor about COVID and stuff right. like that, oh, gee, probably going to cut our stream because we said the C word, but no, um, COVID's <laughs> over. At least I think it Easy. is. But. Easy. Now they're really going to cut the stream. But, <laughs> um, anyway, as far as, as far as the interview goes, yeah, Pat McAfee certainly laid it on pretty thick, but you also got to put things, keep things in perspective uh, here. So Pat McAfee, this is literally like a guy that it seemed like he certainly idolized. Like he certainly looks up to him and, you know, um, Vince, whether you love him or hate him, you know, he's a very prominent figure in pro wrestling or, sports entertainment or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, I think that we got a good glimpse of Vince as a, as a person, you know, because you hear all the stories, you hear everything about him and you hear, you know, just about all the, all the negative stuff like Pat right. McAfee touched on this. You, you hear all the negative stuff, but you don't always hear the people coming out to defend Vince or talk about all the good stuff and all this other thing, all these other things. So um, if anything else, if nothing else, it definitely helped humanize him. Um, and was a really revealing uh, interview. You, he talked about his his upbringing and living in a trailer park and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, yeah, he's a billionaire right now. And unfortunately, people fault him for being successful, I think. Um, but he certainly went through some type of struggle before he right. became successful. So, right. Yeah, I think there were some some things in there that obviously people are going to pluck at and we're like, oh, that's that's a headline quote. And even Pat McAfee brought it up where. Vince McMahon talked about the future of WWE and he wants it to be, you know, he wants it to grow after he's gone and w he's no longer in the picture, but that doesn't necessarily mean that 
a family member is going to take over. And I know people have brought up the sale conversation. Every time there's a big mass release, it's, oh, they're setting up for the sale. They're setting up for the sale, yeah. which which honestly, my whole thing since the beginning of these mass releases, I've seen it come to fruition where they were I cutting. Confirmed that he, he pretty much confirmed your, he, your suspicion. My suspicion was they wanted to get rid of all the indie pro guys, indie pro wrestlers, and they wanted to build their own guys, and that's what they're doing. NXT 2.0 is a developmental system for the guys that want to, you know, the WWE way that don't have thousands of years in the indie scene. And they're going to get rid of guys that are just indie guys that can't connect to an audience in his mind because they don't know how to cut promos or whatever the case may be. They just can't get the character right. Whereas they don't fit the, so this is, this is, and he touched on this too. And this is, this is the thing that kind of, I don't, I don't understand. Like, yeah, I, I understand that sometimes people don't like WWE, the product and I get frustrated. We've, we've had it. We've said it on the show multiple times. Some of the things and some of the things they've done, the, uh, the decisions they've made, we haven't really been fond of in the past in certain situations, but right. WWE, that's, that's their version. That's Vince's vision of what he thinks pro wrestling or sports entertainment is that's pro wrestling to Vince. Like that is what he wants and it's his business and he runs it. So who, who are we to say like what he does with it or what his vision should be? Mm -hmm. Tony Khan's vision of what pro wrestling is or should be is completely different. And that's both fine. Nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. Um, But the fans getting these weird, like, uh, well, WWE is always right. AEW is always right. And it's just like, well, nobody's right. It's just two different visions. You know, Vince exactly. kind of touched on that. So. Right. And, and, and the fact that he brought up, you know, why does he call it sports entertainment and why does he call the wrestlers superstars? It's all marketing. It has nothing to do with whether he likes or hates pro wrestling. He just feels like these guys are more than pro wrestlers. Like they can get more out of branding and get more out of these guys if they're called superstars. And not pro wrestlers or the brand itself could be bigger if you're sports entertainment and not pro wrestling. And there's nothing wrong with that. We've we've said this a couple times on this podcast that pro wrestling is sports entertainment and sports entertainment is pro wrestling. And I remember I actually posted a question on our community page a while back that said, can you define pro wrestling and sports entertainment? The difference without mentioning a promoter or a promotion's name. And like most people could not do it. They couldn't. All they were doing was everything I hate about one promotion is sports entertainment. Everything I love about another promotion is pro wrestling. And that's really it. And that's, I, I that's mean, all it is. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at, you look at like one, just by comparison, you look at the MJF punk feud and it's like, all right, well, is that more rooted in, uh, really good pro wrestling, which I have no doubt they're going to have a great match and they've yes. had great matches, but yes. does it rely more on psychology and maybe a little more sports entertainment? I mean, uh, CM Punk was choked and, and uh, nearly incapacitated last night after he was busted wide open. So and the, and that, the blood, like, like literally like plopping out of his forehead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, anyway, I, I think that this, uh, um, this interview was, was definitely very good. It was not what I expected it to be at all. Not at all, actually. Um, <clears throat> but I, I thought it was good for what it was, uh, really revealing. Um, what did you, what did you think the, the most revealing part of the, the interview was, was there anything that stood out more than anything else? I, I think honestly, the only thing that my initial reaction to the whole thing was we got to see a more human side of Vince McMahon. 
Like right now, we basically just know Vince McMahon based on the Mr. McMahon character during the Attitude Era and whatever you hear in the dirt sheets and people talking about him in interviews, but never really get to hear it from his mouth. That's what I really got out of this was like got a humanized version of Vince McMahon. Now, did he really go into why did he release that guy? Why did he release that guy? Why did he, you know, why did this not work? Specifics they that. didn't go into specifics, which I was expecting that not happening, but you know, touching on, you know, you have to release people and Pat McAfee bringing up this happens in football all the time. One day you're on the team, the next you get cut because there's only so many spots. Yeah. And Vince McMahon saying, you know, it's never personal. It's just strictly business. And sometimes, yeah. you know, the audience, what they're doing on the crowd dictates what happens. And if a guy might be the greatest wrestler ever, but if you hear crickets in the crowd, I'm sorry, you're going to get cut. And that's yeah. that's what happens in social media. You know, 22% of people, 22% of people are on Twitter. So if you're using Twitter as your barometer, sorry, it's not, it's not real. And Vince McMahon basically said that he's like, I don't follow social media because you're going to have those fans that just hate you no matter what. So it's not even worth trying to convince them. And I thought that was a great point that he brought out. Yeah, no, that, that was, uh, it was, there was a lot of stuff that they touched on and they couldn't really dive too deep into certain things, but they touched on a lot of things like, you know, they, they touched on Saudi Arabia. They touched on the vocal, um, the, the more vocal fans that you'd probably typically find on, like, if you want to say Twitter or whatever. Um, so, you know, it, overall, I thought it was a really good interview. Yeah, I, I thought it was. And, um, the fact that we got two kind of big announcements on this, uh, interview too. One is, Pat McAfee will be wrestling at WrestleMania and everyone that thought this was going to be a setup for him and Vince McMahon goes to show you how, how social media really, you know, you can't really follow social media because everyone was like, this is so dumb. How can you rely on a 74 year, a 76 year old man at, at, at WrestleMania? This is how bad it's gotten that they can't sell tickets that they're bringing Vince <laughs> McMahon to sell tickets when all it really was, was Pat McAfee. Do you want a match? And Pat McAfee was at a loss for words, whether that was acting or he legit did not really think he was going to have a match. And if you watch the show before the interview, AJ Hawk was kind of like hinting like, oh yeah, I've been reading the dirt sheets and they say you're going to have a match. And Pat McAfee brushed it off like, what's a program? What's well, they didn't, like, have, what, they didn't have anything for Finn Balor a couple of weeks ago either. Too, and now right? he's so, the US you champion, know. you know, and, and what we're going to get is the demon Damian Priest against the demon Finn Balor at WrestleMania. That's my speculation, but yep. at least there's a plan in place for Finn Balor. Uh, the other thing is that Vince McMahon, for the second time in the Hall of Fame's history, will be inducting somebody, and that is The Undertaker. And I think if anybody that Vince McMahon ever inducts, it should be The Undertaker, given the great relationship they have and you know the basically the fact that they went through everything together since 1990. And the whole attitude era where not one conversation about him leaving to go to WCW happened. Like that's loyalty right there. Definitely. There definitely is a a lot of loyalty there. When you think of uh, WWE, WWF, uh, whatever you want to call it, there's really two guys to me that, you know, they, they stand out as like lifers, if you want to call it that, but it's HBK and, and ironically the undertaker with so much history between the two, but yeah, def- Vince definitely should be the guy to induct the uh, the Undertaker in my mind. Right. Uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about with this interview that we didn't touch on? Anything that kind of brought up in your attention? 
No, I, I mean, honestly, the one thing that he said that really humanized him more than anything else. And, and, you know, again, going back to what I said about people just kind of thinking he's some billionaire jerk, whatever you want to call it. Um, he said, if he was ever hit by a bus, the last thing you, he would want one second to just say, thank you. Thank yep. you for every, thank you to the fans. Thank you for, to his family. Cause you know, he feels like he's very privileged to lead the life he does. And, and, and to me, that was uh, probably the most revealing part of the, the, the conversation between the two. So, you know, I thought, I thought it was good. Yeah, I, I totally agree. But before we get to our AEW Revolution uh, predictions, I do want to remind everybody we're going to try to do a little Q&A at the end of this. So get your questions in by using the hashtag AskSCPB. Uh, that makes it easier for me to kind of figure out where your question is. Uh, and you could cut the line by going to the Super Chat Party any dollar amount. We don't care if you give us a dollar or $10 or $100 if you really are generous. Uh, it helps support this channel. And the more... Uh, you know, we do with the, the super super chats, the more likely we'll do more of these live streams. But I do want to go and uh, give a shout out to Prime Keller, who gave us five Canadian dollars. He did ask a question. Do you think uh, do you think T, uh, Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor to be successful as a brand? Uh, it's kind of hard to read this. I apologize. But I think what he's saying is, do you think Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor as a brand to give full control Creative control for anybody who runs it. Example, Cody Rhodes or William yeah. Regal. So I think he's saying, do you think that he intends to revive Ring of Honor? Yes, in a way, yes. <laughs> but for um, whoever runs it, gets creative control. I don't know, man. It's a, well, first, it depends. Relaunching, relaunching and rebranding is difficult to begin with. And when, look, Ring of Honor... How do I want to put this? So Ring of Honor had a lot of good wrestlers go through their doors and under contract, and they've had some great matches, but they were never, they never certainly were never at the level of like an AEW or even like, I, I would dare to say like TNA, because, you know, obviously having mainstream and all that stuff and WWE. So to, to, to think that they're going to be able to rebrand and repackage and make it as prominent as one of the top two in, in the United States being AEW or WWE, that's not easy. Uh, and it's especially no. not going to be easy because, you know, when you look back on, on history, it, it hasn't happened where, or it hasn't been typical where it's happened in the company successful uh, yeah. WWE tried to do with ECW and my God, um, that but, was a train wreck. Everyone yeah, knows. That. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I know people bring up Cody and we've gotten a few questions. Is Cody going to run a uh, ring of honor now that the talks with WWE fizzled out? And that's been the speculation for a while. Is William Regal going to be the guy that runs ring of honor or, or is it just going to be Tony Khan's thing? I, I don't know. I think we kind of have to let it play out first to see if it actually does become some kind of brand outside of just taking the library and using that as leverage for a streaming deal. Um, until we actually see that ring of honor is coming back in some way. I kind of right now have to just assume, which I don't like making an ass out of you and me, but assume that it's just for streaming and just try to get that streaming deal with HBO Max or whoever. But all right. So again, get those questions in um, using the hashtag AskSCPB. Um, and of course, again, cut the line uh, by donating to the Super Chat Party. So let's start off with the first match here. We'll go with the non-title match first. 
Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. Uh, I think, I think this is going to be, I think it's going to be a decent match. I don't really expect this to go too long. I know Eddie Kingston and CM Punk was the shortest and that went 11 minutes even. I think this is going to be in that same realm. I think you might get some storytelling with Santana and Ortiz, obviously. I think Jake Hager is going to be in the corner of Jericho. So inner circle stuff will be involved. Do you think all the shenanigans that could happen in this match leads to Eddie Kingston winning or Jericho winning? Yeah, I, I think Eddie Kingston's going to win this. I mean, that's kind of the story. Well, I mean, obviously there's both sides to it, but you, you know, they're trying to tell the story that Eddie can't win the big match and he hasn't really won any of, well, he's won a couple, but hasn't really won a big match over a high profile named guy. So I think this could be his first one. I'm going to go with Eddie in this match. You know, I think with all the stuff with Santana and Ortiz in this, I think eventually they're going to join back with Jericho and cost Eddie this match. And I think Jericho is going to win. Eddie Kingston, I mean, Jericho found a way to beat MJF, even though it was through shenanigans and found a way to beat Cody Rhodes, even through shenanigans. Like there always seems to be a way where Jericho wins on the pay-per-views. So I, I definitely think that Jericho is going to win this match. But, but again, if Eddie doesn't win, I see someone already commenting here. If Eddie doesn't win, the IWC would riot, which they might because the sport, <laughs> the sports entertainer will go over on the pro wrestler. Uh, anyway, moving on to the next match, two former sports entertainers, now pro wrestlers, John Moxley and Brian Danielson. I'm actually shocked with all the talk about drawing blood and whatnot. This match was not a first blood match. I thought that would have been a great storyline thing that they could have implied here and make it the first ever first blood match in AEW. And they would have done a great job with it. And, you know, they could have gotten really physical with this and really violent with it. See what like sadistic ways Moxley could try to draw blood from Danielson, but instead it's just a regular match. And maybe it's still going to be a good match regardless, possibly a match of the night. In my opinion. Yeah, it definitely could be match of the night. Um, one of the matches that has a really interesting story going into it. I don't, so tough to pick because I kind of feel like they probably should protect both of them, even though I'm that's I know that's more of a WWE thing to do. No, AEW does use it from time to time. They just don't do disqualifications and countouts. They right. do find ways to protect both in their finishes. And which brings me to my point. I kind of have a feeling this could be one of those time limit draw matches. Like both of those guys, a bloody mess. Mm -hmm. Uh, especially when you consider the story they were kind of telling going into this about, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't join anybody until I bleed with them. It would only be fitting for the two guys that are going to join together to, uh, essentially kick the crap out of each other and then join forces at the end. If, if they go to a time limit draw. So, right. I think it's going to be violent no matter what I want to, I'm interested to see what the time limit for that match is going to be. I would assume 20, but they might make it 30. So we see 30 minute draw with those two would be interesting, but uh, I don't know. I, I think it'd be a fun one. Um, if I had to pick a winner, I'm going to go with Moxley winning, but I'm not against the time limit draw. Yeah, I think if I had to pick a winner, I would go with Moxley just because he seems to be the guy that they protected most since probably 
he's been in AEW. So, mm. yep. All right. So uh, the next match here is the other one that could be very violent. And we saw a little bit of it on AEW Dynamite last night. It is the dog collar match. DM Punk versus MJF. This one I could totally see someone losing by passing out. I don't know if it's MJF or CM Punk, but someone is going to lose this match by passing out. Yeah, I could, I could, uh, I could see that. I think so with this one, there's a couple of things that are going into this one. Obviously MJF looks like he's finally going to get pushed to that, hopefully next level or be put in the title picture. Um, and they're also doing a really good job with the story with Wardlow. Wardlow mm-hmm. seems to be getting over generically despite being, a heel. I think that people are certainly anticipating uh, a face turn in him eventually, you know, whether he beats the crap out of Sean Spears or he ends up beating the crap out of MJF. Um, those two things are kind of going on at the same time. So I think, uh, I think MJF's going to win this match. You know, I've always been under the belief that whoever is down on the go home show <laughs> ends up winning on the pay-per-view. So obviously punk was left down after getting bloodied up and like, that was a vicious cut. Like you could actually see blood pulsing out of his forehead, as I mentioned earlier, but you know, does Wardlow get involved and cost MJF the match and give CM Punk the win. Now, something you have to consider here. They announced that double or nothing this year is going to be in the T-Mobile arena in Las Vegas. That holds 20,000 people. You definitely want that show to sell out. Can you sell it out with whoever wins the AEW championship, whether that is Cole or Hangman, against MJF, if MJF's the number one contender? If you think you can, MJF goes over. But if you think, honestly, Punk has to be the guy, he has to win here. Even if it means MJF has to lose thanks to Wardlow. And that becomes a match on the undercard. No, MJF could just go win like three matches on dark and get ranked again. But, you know, if MJF already won, or excuse me, if Punk wins, this is a sanctioned match. It's not like where Adam Cole lost an unsanctioned match and still got the number one contender spot. This is where, you know, this match counts. It's in the record. So if MJF loses and... Damn, Punk wins. It's actually surprising that Punk has never been ranked yet, but that would, I think, catapult him right into number one because he's beaten people that have been former champions and top-ranked guys and former number one contenders. He's got to be number one ranked after this. But who knows? I don't understand how the rankings work. Still happen after three years. Maybe we could finally get some clarification <clears throat> on how they work. Maybe with Ring of Honor, they'll have five different sets of rankings and have Ring of Honor have their own rankings. That'd be nice, but... I don't know. I think CM Punk wins this. I'm 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 gonna go with MJF. It's gonna be tough. I I mean the, these two matches that we just talked about, literally could go anyway. And I think if you pick MJF, if you bet money on it, I think it's a good bet. You go with CM Punk. It's also a good bet. I don't know if DraftKings or FanDuel are doing bets on these matches, but I don't know what the betting odds are. But definitely something to look into. But. The next match is the face of the revolution ladder match. Right now we have uh, Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Wardlow, 
And then we'll find out the final person, either Ethan Page or Christian Cage tomorrow night on Rampage. I have a feeling whoever wins tomorrow on Rampage is going to win the ladder match. And I think Ethan Page is going to win not only the match Friday, but he will win the ladder match because Scorpio Sky won it when no one really expected him to win. I know he didn't end up winning the TNT Championship, but they already have history. If Sammy retains the TNT Championship tomorrow on Rampage in the triple threat match, he already has history with Darby Allen. I kind of see this going in Ethan Page's favor where like people aren't thinking, you know, Wardlow could win. Uh, Keith Lee could come out and win. Orange Cassidy, because he's so over and everybody loves him, gets a, a win. I think people are going to just sleep on Ethan Page and wins this thing. I wouldn't mind that. I do think that Keith Lee probably should win this match because, you know, he was, yeah, he, uh, since his day, he was the huge announcement. He was, he was, he was the huge announcement that Tony Khan conveniently didn't make himself. (laughs) So, um, anyway, I look, Keith Lee wrestled the, the one match. It was great. It got a lot of attention. It was a huge debut. And then after that, you know, whether he was on his honeymoon or whatever the case may be. And if he was by all means, go have fun. But um, we haven't really seen a whole lot of a, a whole lot out of him, um, but this would be a good opportunity for him to bypass the whole rankings in AEW and and put be put in a prominent position. Mm-hmm. So I think that that certainly works for him. Um, so I it, I think him Wardlow initially I said that I think when we were talking about it. Now that I think about it, Wardlow turning on MJF he doesn't need to win this match for that to happen. And that's really the payoff. So putting Wardlow in a match after this, it, you know, he doesn't need to do that. So I'm going mm-hmm. with Keith Lee here. You are going. All right. So I'm going to throw, can I hedge my bet? Am I allowed to hedge? If Ethan I, page sure. is not, if Ethan page is not in the match, just cause I want to see the reaction on your face when this happens, I'm going with orange Cassidy to win this match. I know the last time he was in this, he didn't know how ladders work or ladder matches work. But now that he's been in a ladder match, he knows how they work. He'll figure it out. He's gotten a little more serious with his character in these matches. And he's going to win this match and be, I think, the first one to ever challenge for the TNT Championship four different times. (laughs) He's speechless. No comment. (laughs) All right, moving on to the TNT Championship. Surprisingly, the TNT Champion is not going to have a championship match at Revolution. He'll be a part of a six-man tag, whether it's Andrade, Darby, or Sammy Guevara, which we'll find out tomorrow on Rampage. But a six-man tag, Andrade, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy will go up against Darby Allin, Sting, and Sammy Guevara. Is this not the worst use of the TNT Champion or what? What did I tell you before we came on the show? What was my answer going to be when we talked about this match? You weren't even going to talk about it. I was going to refuse to talk about it, but I will give you a comment and probably this will be my only comment on this match. Not because I don't like people in this match, because I do like all of them. Most of them as individuals. Who cares? Who cares? I thrown together, thrown together, sloppy. Don't care about it. You didn't give me a reason to care about the match. Darby Allen is was at least at one point one of your most over guys. I don't care. 
Like, you got to give me a reason to care about a match. I don't care about this. I understand there's already a triple threat match on this card, but why couldn't you have made this Andrade versus Darby versus Sammy at Revolution instead of on Rampage? Now, I understand Rampage is live tomorrow in Orlando, and you got to have some kind of big match on there, but I I feel like this should have been the match on Rampage, and then the triple threat match... Should have been on Revolution. At least have the title defended on the pay-per-view. Yeah. I understand also that the TNT championship is being defended on TNT, which is nice, but the only title not to be defended on the card is kind of kind of disrespectful to Sammy, in my opinion, considering he's kind of been an afterthought since he's won the title both times. Well, actually, that's my problem with this match here. Because I feel like, you know, on an individual basis, AW has put effort into at least three guys in this match at one point or another. But, you know, it's just kind of like, all right, well, everybody was kind of overlooked heading into this pay-per-view. So we're just going to throw all you guys together so we can get you on the car. Right. Um, and I hate when they I do that. Know. Like Vince McMahon does that for WrestleMania. Like they make up matches just to get everybody on the car. Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Right, exactly. That, and I, I don't like those matches. No, I feel like that's what this is. Like, let's get everybody on the card. So let's. It just, Ow. you know, and we already have eight other matches. Do we really need this match on the card? Plus, you got two pre-show matches that we didn't even talk about. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, but if I had to pick who wins, I think uh, Sting covers Isaiah Cassidy. That would be my pick. Where the hell did you go? I'm back. Yeah. We almost had a live technical difficulty here. Because the charger was not plugged into the outlet. Oh. And I saw the screen go very dim. So ironically enough, when Vince McMahon said today, it's live, anything could happen. (laughs) It's live, anything could happen. The other thing, too, that I contemplated was getting up to go get a drink for the past 20 minutes. So if I seem a little irritated the rest of this, I overlook that fact, too. That's why you need to have your Squared Circle Psycho Babble mug, which we got to get back in the store. Uh and put some water in it so you stay hydrated during this whole thing. Cause yeah. anyway, so where were we speaking of irritated? We were talking about Orange Cassidy. Oh no, we were talking about Dan Hoosen. <laughs> no, we were not talking about either one of them. We were talking about the six man tag, which for no which was thrown together just to get everybody on the card. Uh and I said that Sting pins Isaiah Cassidy. Jesus. Have you noticed that every time Sting's come to the ring to make the save, he's literally not like it's not even a jog. He's walking, slowly walking as Darby Allen hits the ring at full speed. Hmm. It's like, I understand he's up there in age, but right. good Lord, maybe just keep him in the back. I don't, I don't know. Oh, I mean, um, who's going to win the match? I don't freaking know. I don't care. Darby will get the pin on somebody, whatever. Right. All right. Let's uh, move on to the next match. The match I'm most excited about. Jade Cardgill versus Ty Conti for the TBS title. If this match is not less than five minutes, I'm sorry. It's too damn long. Jade wins. No, I know. It's going to be like a, a, I'd probably say 12 minutes would be my guess. And it would still be a good match. Um, I know Ty Conti was very impressive in the match against uh, Britt Baker. And I think we'll see another impressive outing out of her, but She's not the one to dethrone Jade Cargill and Cargill needs a much longer reign and a much longer undefeated streak than 28 and 0. I think if I had, if I could bet on that, any match and put full, full blown all in on it, 
It's Jade Cargill over Ty Conti on Sunday. Yeah, I'm going with Jade too. She there's no reason for her to drop the title unless they want to have a title change on the pay-per-view, but um I don't see any reason for it. Oh, I you don't. Know, I, I I think that look, Ty Conti, can she be a champion? Yes. Could it be a really good feel-good moment? Yes, but it's not like they've really booked her really strong going into this. I was at, I was at the, uh, this, this started, I think it was either on what rampage or dynamite where she confronted her last week. So yeah, uh, it's not like there's a lot of momentum for her going into this match. Right. It'll be a good match. It'll be fine, but no, Jade should win this. Yeah, I, I hope so. And let's move on then to the next match for the AEW women's title. Britt Baker against thunder Rosa, their rematch from almost exactly a year ago. Their lights out match at the St. Patrick's Day Smash, I think it was called. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Match of the year was voted on. Can they top that match knowing that it's not a lights out match? Can they? Um, No, probably not. If that one match of the year, I think the reason that one match of the year is because people were so shocked about what they saw. Um, You know, that, that match was good regardless, but it had a lot of shock factor to it. The thumbtacks, all that other stuff. So is it going to be a good match? Yeah, it's going to be a good match. Um, <sighs> I don't, this is a tough one. You haven't seen a whole lot of Britt Baker lately. I feel like at least well, not like, I mean, she's not wrestling matches, but they use her almost every episode of both rampage and dynamite. He's on yeah, a lot, but never wrestling. No, but I mean, she did wrestle this past no dynamite episode, but still like she's not wrestling every week is what I should say. No. And she doesn't need to wrestle every week. What what I mean is so like, I feel like at, at one point she's always over and she always has good matches, but sometimes I feel like, like right now you look at the pay-per-view on paper. It's all, it's very obvious. They, they're putting in a lot more effort into, um, you know, punk and MJF, uh, Eddie Kingston and Jericho, um, the main event for the title, you know, and rightfully so. But at the same time, I felt like at at one point they were really pushing and putting a lot of focus on Britt Baker, and the fact that they have it, Ben, leads me to believe that you know we might actually see a title change here. So, I mean, if anybody's going to lose, could be the DMD. Yeah, I think if there is a title change, probably going to be Britt Baker. But I just I don't see it right now. I think they need to build up someone more of a threat to the title before it gets changed hands. But then again, Thunder Rosa already has a win on Britt Baker. So there's the threat right there. And while I kind of just started visiting this story back about a month ago, I don't know if it's been enough where people are really behind Thunder Rosa to win this match. And I think you need to build someone up a little bit more. And maybe that could be Statlander eventually or oh maybe Ty Conti gets a rematch or Hikaru Shida or Serena D but give I, zero the hero a reason to watch this match Jamie Hayter will be at ringside and that's all I need <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean Baker is attractive as well so you got that going too and Rebel too will be at ringside and Thunder Rosa will be at ringside so you got everyone in the match, so there you um, go. Side note, anybody who doesn't watch NXT 2.0, you need to watch just for Gigi Dolan. My God. <laughs> I've, yeah. 
Talk That's about, all I'm going to say about that. Talk about someone that AEW missed the boat on. And I know they actually funny because she wrestled Britt Baker on a boat. But anyway, um, I'm going with a retention here with Britt Baker. Yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going Britt Baker. All right. Um, so, yeah. All right. So we have the triple threat match for the AEW Tag Team Championship, Jungle Express, Red Dragon, and the Young Bucks. Usually when this happens, I cancel out the two that are feuding and the guy that's uh, last man standing ends up winning the match. Red Dragon and Young Bucks obviously feuding, which means they're going to be, you know, beating each other up. Jungle Express takes over because they uh, Red Dragon and Bucks cancel out. I'm going with the Jurassic Express retention here. When have when's the last time Jurassic Express has wrestled? When have they done anything significant? They've they've, I, they've had a couple defenses on Rampage. I think the last defense was a couple weeks ago against Santana and Ortiz. I honestly cannot remember. Yeah, I know well, that's they, that's know- the problem here. You remember CM Punk's and uh, uh, MJF's interaction. You remember Jericho and you remember Eddie Kingston. You remember uh, Adam Page and and that's 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 kind of a problem, especially when you're a champion. Um, I feel like the only thing they've done is like you know there'll be a match and they'll come out at ringside. Everybody will get super into Jungle Boy's theme song and then they go in the back. Yeah, um, I. Uh, I don't know, man. This is another one of those matches that I think will be good, but I'm not really all that invested in it. I'm going to go with Red Dragon. I don't know why, but maybe because I like the Undisputed Era back in the day. So let's go with the old Fish O'Reilly uh, connection there. All right. And uh, someone actually pointed out that Luchasaurus, they believe Luchasaurus is injured. I don't think that's the case. It's possible. It's could possible explain too. it. Oh, that's right. Someone just pointed out they beat the guns. Um, Austin and Cole the Guns. Boys? The Ass Boys, yes. I think that's, yeah, that was one of their matches on Rampage. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, CW, for pointing that out. Thank you very much. So now we remember the last time they actually had a match. But now we go to the main event. The Battle of the Atoms for the AEW World Championship. It's Adam Hangman Page versus... Adam Cole, baby. Ralph, this is your boy, Mr. Cole. You have the baby shirt. You watched him win the NXT championship in Bridgeport, Connecticut at NXT TakeOver 25. I was there with you. You got better seats at AEW Dynamite for cheaper price. Jealous of that. I did. You did, bastard. Even though I paid for your ticket anyway because it was your birthday and Father's Day gift. But still, nonetheless, uh... (laughs) This is going to be a good match. I don't know if it's going to be match of the night. I honestly don't feel like it's been a main event storyline either. Like, Hangman Page, you could argue too, has been kind of been put on the back burner since he's won the title. Yes, he had that little bit with Brian Danielson and a little bit with Archer, but I feel like they need to do more with him as AEW champion. Well... As they say in wrestling, some guys are better chasers than they are champions. I think that, you know, guys that are really good at feeling important as a champion, like the way you act is different. The promos you cut is different. But when you chase like hangman page, 
he cut that epic promo, the cowboy shit promo that everybody knows him for. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily cut promos like that when you're the champion, because now you're the guy. Now you're the person that everyone should be chasing. And you're like the pinnacle of the promotion. You're you're the top of the mountain. Guys like Ric Flair, they were great champions because they had that persona, that aura. They had the ability to cut a promo that made you believe like they were larger than life. Um, Adam Page is really good. I don't agree with a lot of the narrative surrounding like, oh, well, this is a forgettable championship run. I don't think it's forgettable. I just feel like, you know, they've only had what? Three champions so far? Four. He's the fourth. Even three or four, however many it's been, it's not bad in my mind. Um, The problem is they had three really good title runs and even like an average to above average title reign looks bad when you have it going against Kenny Omega, who almost who had it for basically a year. Oxley, who carried it for over 200 days. I can't remember the exact number. And then Jericho, his run basically really helped the AEW get off the ground. So, you know, it really, it's hard to really compete with those three when you were the guy that was the chaser. You were, you know, Johnny Gargano in NXT going for the NXT title. You're, you know, Daniel Bryan going for the world championship at WrestleMania 30. But then what's next? Well, because the promos, the, the, the story itself leading into chasing a championship, especially for an underdog, like if you're a guy like a Daniel Bryan or somebody of that stature, Johnny Gargano, a lot of what you can talk about is going to resonate with people as they kind of champion you to that position. It's, it's, it's like tells for a good story. It's easy mm-hmm. to connect with. And when you're the champion, you can't, or you don't really cut promos like that because you're not chasing anymore. So now it's like you the, the role literally gets reversed. Like the second you win that title. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That being said, um, I didn't like the go home last night for this match. I didn't feel like it got me any more interested in it. I feel like they're definitely a lot more they could have touched on. And I'm kind of surprised because AEW does really good video packages and promos. And I feel like if nothing else that WWE is uh, good at, that's what they do. They make a really good video package leading into a really important match. Even if it's bad, like it sells you on it. When do you ever go to a movie theater and look at a trailer and be like, ah, that, that looks stupid or uninteresting. The trailer is always good. The movie may suck. Right. Um, but, and, and the reviews may suck for the movie, but the trailer is what sells it. So right. I think it could have served them good to do something like that, especially considering there's so much history between the two. Um, that said, I'm going with, uh, I'm going to go with hangman page because I think that MJF is going to be the next guy that's going to be putting that title picture very soon. And, um, MJF taking the title off of him to me makes sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, Adam Page, I he doesn't need to lose the title yet. Adam Cole, I got to turn my back on him, man. He lost. Granted, it was unsanctioned, but I can't realistically root for a guy that gets embarrassed by Orange Cassidy like that. <laughs> there it is. There so. it is. Just because he lost to Orange Cassidy, even though the match didn't count, you're not giving him any, any chance in this match. No. And he dressed like a freaking Ghostbuster, didn't he? He did dress like a Ghostbuster. He was. He was in there. Because it was him, Omega, and the Bucks against uh, Dark Order. And that's You ever see the movie Goodfellas? Yes, I've seen Goodfellas. Paulie hands him the money and he says, I got to turn my back on you. I'm sorry, Adam Cole. I got your t-shirts. I supported you. But 
I can't, can't, can't do it here. I just, I can't do it. I know, but uh, I mean, I think it's possible that possible that Adam Cole wins just because you have Kenny Omega eventually coming back. And I think that's the story. And does Kenny Omega become the chaser as a baby face against the heel Adam Cole, which they kind of did some foreshadowing before Kenny left that Cole and Omega are going to have a feud. And basically everything that's happening right now with Adam Cole and Red Dragon and the Bucks will make you believe that Omega is coming back and saying that Adam Cole is trying to kill the elite because he killed Adam Cole in being the elite. So, oh, I don't watch that show. I know. I don't either, but I do remember, you know, that's how Adam Cole was killed off, that Kenny Omega spiked the monster energy drink or whatever it was, and that's how he got killed, and now he's revived, and now they're Ghostbusters. But, I mean, is it worse to dress up like a Ghostbuster or the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man? If you're going to talk about people dressing up like people. At least I enjoy marshmallows. I, I enjoy the Ghostbusters, I enjoy too. Ghostbusters. I, enjoy, I enjoy a good Ghostbuster movie, except the one with the SNL women. That, that one sucked. Yeah, I didn't see the one with Paul Rudd yet. Have you? Uh, no, but I like Paul Rudd, so I would probably enjoy it. Yep, and uh, part of the Five Timers Club on SNL and the Sexiest Man Alive for anybody who cares about that. But, all right, uh, so I'm going with Hangman Page. I will say retention, but I wouldn't be surprised if they actually go with Cole, set up Omega versus Cole, headline double or nothing. But, and can I ask a question? You just did. I'm going to ask another one. Okay, go ahead. It's going to come off a little rude. Now, keep in mind again, I am an AEW fan. I do like Adam Cole. A couple issues here and there. If Vince McMahon, and we know this from the interview today, can find time to go to the gym from 1.30 to 3 in the morning, why can't Adam <laughs> Cole? I think he does go to the gym. It's just that he doesn't like bodybuild. It's all right. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. Everyone's going to get all upset in the comments section. Oh, my God. You're making fun of medical. Although, Ralph hates AEW. Uh, but I will admit, like, I always said he was a smaller guy, but for some reason, he looks even smaller in AEW, which I don't know how that's possible because they have more small guys in AEW than, the, than WWE, but he looks smaller somehow. I don't, I don't get that. I don't think he lost weight or anything, but he just looks like looks 90 pounds. Nonetheless... He's a great wrestler. This match is going to be good nonetheless, but I'm going with uh, Paige over Cole in the battle of the, uh, the Adams for the title. But all right, I think we're going to do a few questions here uh, before we wrap up. Super chat to cut through the line, or you could submit your questions using the hashtag AskSCPB. We'll start with Lee Jones, who gave us a 10 pound. Tell me I'm wrong on that. That's a pound symbol. I always try I think to. It's a euro. No, that's a pound. I just looked it up on, on Google. That's a pound. I'm sure I'm wrong anyway, but 10 for now, I'll say pound, but I'm sure it's a euro. Anyway, why do you think Tony bought Ring of Honor and, and not AEW? This acquisition will be completed by an entity solely owned by Tony Khan. Doesn't he own it? Well, technically, Shad Khan owns AEW. And Tony Khan operates AEW. I think that's why he's asking, why doesn't he just no. buy AEW from his dad instead of buying Ring of Honor? 
eventually he's going to have both because the money that Shad Khan spends on AEW is eventually going to go to Tony Khan as inheritance. So the money that he already made from AEW, he's using by Ring of Honor. So that's the answer there, at least to my understanding of the whole situation. Yeah, I, if you say so. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to, let's see if we got another question. Actually, we got another super chat here. Francis Loop, $5. Thank you very much for your, uh, your donation there. Cody Rhodes can go after the AEW title now because... It would be under a new contract. The world, no, the world, the no world title clause was under the old contract, which expires. So, I know it's not a question, say, but do you think this is just part of the whole? Because I think we've talked about this before. Do you think this is all part of a storyline where he resigns just to go after the AEW title? Uh, yeah, I think that's again, that's one of those storylines that a lot of people are kind of assuming can be the case and it would be an easy way for him to, you know, go and challenge for the title. If yeah. that's what they want him to do. Right. Right. Um, let me see here. Do you think that, uh, do you think that they should use ring of honor as a brand for some of the, some of their stars that they're not using? Because I feel like that would be a good job as a brand, uh, a brand for AEW. Use those guys or Ring of Honor guys? I think he's saying the AEW guys that are underutilized going there. That wouldn't be a bad idea. That wouldn't be a bad idea if you if you like throw Ethan Page over there or uh, throw Scorpio Sky over there. You know uh, Santana and Ortiz. You know some of those underutilized guys. Throw them there. Make them you know good, and then come back to AEW. But I think it would be better fit for some of the guys that need more reps that have not been on television it will help them tremendously for television purposes. And it does getting reps and being on top of the card kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's whatever, whatever's going to get their younger talent ready for TV. That's what they should do. Whether that's, I don't know, rebranding and relaunching Ring of Honor as a second thing. And I don't know, that that seems to be fine. Yeah. Now, before we went live, I did ask people on our community page to submit some questions. So while some other questions are coming in the chat, I will, you know, do some of those questions. We'll start with CW here. If we were to do a promo battle, Ralph, who would you choose as your coach to help you with your promo? Who would I choose as my coach in a promo battle? Oof. Um, all time. Could be anybody. Anybody. Could be guys from today. Could be someone from, you know, yesteryear. Could be a writer. Could be Vince, okay. Vince himself. Yeah. I would go with, um, I'd go with Mick Foley. Interesting. Mick Foley, because Mick Foley. I feel, I think Mick, Mick Foley used to be, when you talk about guys that cut great promos that can get people inspired and into him, but not only that, but just his ability to like tread that line of like creepy or weird when he needed to be, or also be sympathetic and just his ability to get people to care about what he's talking about, which is the whole point of a promo and draw you in. He was always very good at that. So I would say him, you know, 
I could go so many routes with this. Do I go with a writer? Do I go with a promoter? Do I go with a wrestler that was good at promos? Uh, I mean, this one's tough. I could go CM Punk. Triple H would probably be a really oh, yeah, good coach. Yeah, yep. Triple H, yep. Triple H, I think, would be good. Um, if I go writers, Brian Gewertz. Yeah. You know, the guy that pretty much built everybody from the late Attitude Era to the Ruthless Aggression Era. Um, maybe Vince Russo. I know people oh. might not like that answer, but... Dear God almighty. I mean... What the hell is going on over here? This, is a turn, this whole show just turned into a funny farm of sorts. <sighs> Jim Cornette would be another one. <laughs> if anybody what the hell I, is going on i know not everybody listens to jim Cornette, but if you do or if you want to catch something uh i think it was how last... did you not say paul Heyman instead of paul Heyman? <laughs> i mean they're all good there's so many you could choose from i would definitely say i would definitely say paul Heyman too but they're all good i like you know Cornette, and as i was saying you know uh as i was saying there was a couple weeks ago where you're talking about dave Meltzer and like finding a tweet from like last year or two years ago, he went on this rant for 15 minutes. And even if you hate Jim Cornette, you know, you would laugh your ass off. I think someone brought up uh, Rob's Pippin road, Bobby Heenan. That'd be another good one. I, uh, I would use, yeah. I would use Bobby Heenan for commentary. If I could have Jim Ross and Bobby Heenan as my commentary coaches, I'd be sitting in the seat with, Sitting in Michael Cole's seat right now, which, I mean, not to toot my own horn, I do have some play-by-play experience, but I think I can't fill that seat, but who knows? That's why I'm here and not in Stanford, which the work in Stanford. That was for how something about else. How about John Cena? Cena would be a good one. Cena would be a good one, I think. Um, <sighs> Ding and Goldberg would be great promos. You know, people. <laughs> uh, whatever. What you're? Are you going to defend Goldberg or or stay in the promo? Gonna, I, here's what I'm going to say about Goldberg. Okay, because people pe- people hate on like literally say like Goldberg is the worst at promos, and maybe during WC's WCW years, but I don't remember his, him ever his... cutting promos in WCW. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't know if he gets a bad rep because of that, but when in his most recent run in WWE, well, when he first came back, that promo he cut when he was going to face Brock or challenge Brock was good. Um, that may be the only good promo he's ever cut, but some people wrestle for a long time and never cut a good promo. So yeah, I don't know. True. All right, uh, let's go to the next question here. This comes from Jason Andrews. Um, besides the undertaker, who should be inducted into the WWE hall of fame? Sid. Really? Of all the people you're going to go with Sid. Well, I'm, there's very few credible. Na- uh, well, I don't know. I'm trying to think Vader, who's not in that should be in Owen Hart. Okay. Owen Hart is an obvious Ryan Pillman. One. Yeah. Um, Bam Bam Bigelow. If you want to count celebrities, Lawrence Taylor, Cindy Lauper is not in the WWE hall of fame and should mm. be. Um, I mean, it's a, here's a fun fact about Psycho Sid. Psycho Sid is the only wrestler in WrestleMania history to main event every WrestleMania he's participated in. 
Say what you want about Sid as a wrestler, as a character, especially during that time when it wasn't about the wrestling. He was good. He served his purpose. He was certainly scarier, a lot scarier than the big guys that wrestled today. He was like he he is Lance Archer, but not saying ability wise. People, oh, how could you say no? But like that type of gimmick, like scary, but like legitimately made you think he was psycho, right? Right. No, I agree. But he he was super over in 96. The end of 1996, you could tell, like, when he came out and they did the Sid firework thing, like, crowds were eating that up. And he was super over then. And then, of course, you know, they eventually gave Shawn Michaels the title back at 97. Then it went to Austin and the rest is history there. But, I mean, there the funny thing is about the Hall of Fame, and anybody can make this argument. If Coco Beware is in the Hall of Fame, anybody could be in the Hall of Fame. Like, Sebastian Booger could be in the Hall of Fame this year, and it would make sense. Freaking uh, Duke the Dumpster Drossy could be in the Hall of Fame. Mantar could be in the Hall of Fame. How about for the first And Shamrock? Time- is Ken Shamrock in the Hall of Fame? Shamrock, Shamrock is not in. And, it, and this is... I, I, this is the name that I came up with because on our last episode, uh, we got the question, who would be bigger now than they were when they were wrestling? And I didn't even think about Shamrock, but after we were done recording and a couple of days later, I thought about it. Shamrock would be, yeah. you know, because now with all the ties to mixed martial arts, if you have him wrestling today, man, he'd be super over. Because he actually like plays the gimmick so well, and he was a decent wrestler, not the greatest promo, but still got stuff over. I mean, if Goldberg was over, Shamrock was definitely be over today. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, but he's not in the Hall of Fame. That would definitely be a good one too. Um, managers, I don't think Slick or Harvey Whippleman are in the Hall of Fame. Jesus, Jim Cornette's um, not in the Hall of Fame. Jim Cornette is not in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if he ever would be. Um, it wouldn't be for anything he did in WWE, but... Um, he did manage Yokozuna. Int- yeah, interestingly enough, um, just listened to an interview with Ric Flair, and he said he was the second best manager ever. Cornette. Yes. Who was first? Bobby Heenan, naturally. Okay. Right. Well, I wasn't sure if he said Bobby Heenan or J.J. Yeah. Uh, Dillon or... Someone he was associated with. I know, obviously, 92, Heenan was his manager. So, right. Um, someone said Pete Rose since he can't go in. The, he's already in the WWE Hall of Fame. Some of these, uh, Victoria, there's another one. Uh, oh, yeah. He's not in the Is Hall Sable of Fame. Is Sable in? No, no. Sable's not in, but, you know, in today's like everything branding and PR and all that, I don't think they want to put Sable in. But then again, if, if Brock Lesnar, like, oh, I don't want to come back. And he's gotten all the money. Sable's in the Hall of Fame as a yeah. negotiating piece. Um, but yeah, there's a lot that, that could be in. And when it comes to, I mean, if you're talking about Divas era women too, maybe Michelle McCool goes in this year. If Undertaker's going in, I would assume Michelle McCool will probably go in too for the women's section. Um. Again, celebrities, Lawrence Taylor's not in yet. Um, 
if there's any other celebrities. I'm Cindy Lauper, like I said. It, Christian. Uh, well, Christian's not, not now. Go, Christian's not going in now. I know they said Jeff Hardy was invited to be inducted in the Hall of Fame, was it? Or was it the Royal Rumble? Or was it both? I can't remember. What I they think said. the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and he, he said no, but the Hardy boys eventually will get there. Um, uh, I'm seeing Gail Kim should be, Melina should be. Uh, um, is Bull Nakano's not in? I know her run in WWE wasn't that long, but at a time where like uh, women's wrestling was like nothing, it was just Alundra Blaze. That was the only feud she had was Bull Nakano and Luna Vachon and. Luna deserves better, but she only got inducted as a, like a, what's the veterans or legends section or whatever. Yeah. She got her own induction. But anyway, uh, we got another uh, donation here. Francis Loop again. Uh, let me see if I can pull the full question here. Not helping me out here, but uh, this is from Francis Loop. $10. I would not use Ring of Honor as an NXT type developmental. I would have it as a second show like SmackDown. It does not need to be developmental. That's what Dark Elevation and Nightmare Factory is for. Where are you going to air it? That's the question. You have Rampage, which is their SmackDown. You have Dynamite, which is their Raw, or now it first because Raw SmackDown is the flagship show on Fox. But it has to be like, where are you going to put it on television? Unless it's on the Sinclair network still. And if that's the case, it's a developmental to get those people TV ready for when they're on TNT and TBS. It has to be. Nothing to add. No, no. I mean, it's all true. So, yep. Oh, yeah, another person that has not been in the Hall of Fame for a celebrity, going back to that question, Bob Barker. A couple people saying Bob Barker. Mr. T's in already. Uh, Miss Elizabeth is not in the Hall of Fame, and that is a travesty, especially she should have gone in when Macho Man went in and didn't, and the fact that she's still not in is a problem. That's a problem. She, she, yeah, she needs to be in. I, I, I can't. Yeah, I mean, especially when you consider at that time how important she was to the whole story with Macho Man, Hogan, all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, she was a what when you when you think back. At least when I think back to like, because that's really the first era that I was watching. She was definitely one of the first people that come to mind. Her Hogan Savage. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you talk about you talk about. That feud, the mega powers explode, was all centered around Elizabeth. Yeah. That moment at WrestleMania 7 where she comes back and saves Macho King from Sensational Sherry. You know, that is, you know, she, she never wrestled a match in her life, at least in WWE. I think she may have wrestled once or twice in WCW. But, like, she was the woman, like, she was the first lady of wrestling. And the fact that she's still not in after all these years, I understand there's controversy behind her death, which plays into a role, I think, as to why she's not in. But still, like, how many people are going to literally bring that up? 
Uh, how many people are going to bring that up? I don't think anybody. Nobody. Speaking of the controversy of Elizabeth's death, Lex Luger is not in the Hall of Fame. You know, the Lex yeah. Express, all that push in 94. I mean, if you count his stuff in WCW as part of his resume, it's better than some of the guys that are in there. Um, but uh, Francis Loop gave us another $5 here. Thank you, Francis, uh, for jo- uh, joining the Super Chat Party with all your donations, man. Really appreciate it. He, he rebuttals with the bloated roster that AEW has. Extra talent could go to Ring of Honor. Deanna Perrazzo, I believe, is the Ring of Honor Women's Champion. I believe that is true. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, it's going to have people from that roster to AEW or to Ring of Honor. That's part of the whole developmental thing. Like, there's people that are on the roster right now with very little TV experience. Ring of Honor helps with that. So I agree with you in a way. Like, some of those talents can go to Ring of Honor, and some of those talents with TV experience can help teach those without TV experience how to use, you know, to work wrestling in front of a television because it's much different working in television than it is working in front of like 200 people at an indie show or a house show. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, for some of the younger, younger people and like the, some people that they want to push and that that will be on TV frequently, they would definitely benefit from that. Like, Daniel Garcia comes to mind, right? Because that guy is all over their 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 shows, whether it's Rampage or Dynamite. He doesn't win a whole lot of matches, at least against prominent wrestlers. And, you know, he could benefit from working with people on a maybe a lesser show until he's either, I don't know, older, more experienced, more credible, whatever you want to call it. Um, so yeah, that 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 would probably benefit him. All right. Uh we'll move on next. Uh, not really a question, but something, you know, some criticism or advice. Hold the truth hostage saying, man, you all need a StreamYard link. Um, I think just, I'm not sure exactly why we need a StreamYard. I don't know if it's bad audio, bad video, whatever the case may be. Um, for our podcast, we just bought Riverside as our, you know, to record. I just don't trust it yet to do live. And the reason we're using just OBS and Zoom right now is because I'm a little bit more flexible what I could do. And I haven't really worked with StreamYard yet. So, you know, a few more donations and maybe we can purchase StreamYard too for live things. But um, someone also mentioned that they, uh, they said that um, work with getting a Discord server. I'm not familiar with Discord at all. I know everybody has Discord and uses it. Someone can walk me through Discord. I'd be happy to look into this as a possible like thing for the community. But right now, it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and our uh, our community page for ways to communicate. And I do want to get some kind of like paywall thing. No, people don't like paywall stuff, but you know, with some cool benefits to it. You know, extra community stuff, and maybe that goes with the Discord server, whatever. But Something to look into, Ralph, but do you know Discord at all? Hey? <laughs> yes, you. <laughs> Barely know how to plug the uh, microphone into this computer. You're the audio guy, so audio, video, <laughs> production. Discord is, so- Discord is social media. It has nothing to do with video or audio. At least I think that's the case. 
Yeah, uh, you're talking to the guy who was about to get rid of Twitter because it's just a cesspool of nonsense. So, well, you're talking to the guy that got that blocked himself from Twitter. So he doesn't stay on it all day because he was being way too unproductive because of it. But anyway, uh, we did get a $8 donation from Mario Morales, Corey Matthews for the WWE Hall of Fame. There's actually WWE ties to that. That actually would make sense. If you guys do watch Boy Meets World, and I do, I'm, that's my favorite show of all time. Uh, Corey Matthews does help Vader beat Jake the Snake Roberts at the Philadelphia Spectrum for the title while he's trying to go do both and go to Corey, uh, excuse me, Topanga's uh, 16th birthday dance and missed her flow dance because of trying to help Vader. All because of Frankie Tacchino trying to get the love for Vader. But uh, yeah, although I think Topanga now is an AEW fan, so I don't think that would bode well. That, that might cause a divorce in the uh, Matthews family. Uh, another Hall of Fame possibility, Ralph? Demolition. Mm-hmm. Demolition is not in the Hall of Fame. I know people say they shouldn't be in because they're just LOD ripoffs, but they were the longest reigning tag team champions. And the fact that even the Honky Tonk Man took so long as the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion is kind of ridiculous. Demolition, I think, should be in there too. Um, let's see. Oh, so Hold the Truth is saying with StreamYard, you can invite someone for interviews, block potential flashers. Uh, put an overlay on their logo, whatever. I know Riverside um, allows us to do live call-ins. And I know people say they want live call-ins, which is part of the reason why I, I went with Riverside. So as long as, um, you know, we figure that out, I would totally be up for doing live call-ins. But how is Molly Holly in the Hall of Fame and not Demolition? Molly Holly was good. She was just in a time where, like, the roster was pretty deep. But if she was like in during like late ni- or the mid 90s, probably would be a Hall of Famer. It's just that she was in a very crowded area. Um, you guys should be on Fightful Overbook. Everyone has a show on that channel. All Sean Ross Sapp. I mean, I've, I've uh, commented on his videos before and we've interacted on Twitter before. Um, I think that's it. Is Ring of Honor still going to be on Sinclair TV or will it be moved to TBS or TNT? Your guess is as good as mine. Don't know. I'll have to talk to my TV friends and figure that out. But as far as I know, um, I think it is. Ralph, final thoughts on everything that we talked about. Tony Khan buying Ring of Honor, Vince McMahon being humanized, AEW Revolution. Have you bought the pay-per-view yet? Have I bought the pit? Yeah, I bought the uh, the UFC fight on. Saturday. Oh, the re- revolution! Oh no, I haven't decided if I'm even going to watch it yet. Really? Just decided I would talk about it here with you, and then um, and then I'll just do the review Monday by myself, which I'm yeah. totally fine for. I'm busy Monday. Vera's coming. Oh, actually, I do have one more question. Actually, thank you, Unrealized Thoughts, for bringing this up because I actually wrote it down and we didn't get to it yet, but I'll leave with this. WWE not pushing stars. Fans always crap on it. Why don't they watch NXT 2.0? Because they're kind of doing that right now with the guys of uh, Ron Breaker and Von Wagner, uh, Creed Brothers, Toxic Attraction. 
They're definitely building stars in NXT, but no one watches. And for what it's worth, Raw at least, which it's mostly terrible, but there's been some glimmers of hope there. Um, you know, RK Bro obviously is working. Riddle is good in that role. Um, what else do they got going? Austin Theory, obviously, uh, he's been pretty good. Um, Alpha Academy <laughs> has come from out of nowhere. Oh, thank so, you. Yeah, it, it, it hasn't been. It, Raw's not great by any stretch of the imagination, but you could see that there's obviously talent there. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, are you gonna buy the Shush T-shirt? Did you uh, know? maybe that thing actually looks kind of cool, and it has the thank you spelled Y E W W, which kind of goes against. <laughs> which kind of goes against Chad Gable's character because he has the 4.0 GPA. You would think he knows how to spell the word you, but I get it. It's the way he says thank you. And even Rollins and Kevin Owens mocked it. But I mean, it really gives me flashbacks of Angle when he first came with the three eyes and stuff. But Ralph, I'm going to close with this and then we'll end it. It was a $2 donation to the Super Chat Party. Darrow the Hero asks us, OG1988, one of our subscribers, one of our followers, I'm sure you've seen him in the comment section, versus Disco Inferno in a debate. Who wins? Oh, God. Um, I don't even know if I want to comment on that. <laughs> I, uh, I don't follow Disco Inferno. I watched a couple of his videos here and there when they pop up, but uh, I don't know. Because Disco actually was in the wrestling business, I will go with him. But here's the thing. If you ever interact with OG1988, Eco Crush, whatever you want to call him, he just gives you rebuttal after rebuttal after rebuttal to the point where you're just like, I'm done. I can't talk to you anymore. I've already wasted so much time. It's been a good chat, but at the same time, like, I got stuff to do, people to see. And we appreciate all of all we of do. our subscribers. We do appreciate all you guys. And this has been a very fun live stream. I know it's been like, almost four months since we've done something. Uh, it's been great. It's been fun. I'm excited for revolution. If you guys haven't ordered the pay-per-view yet and you're outside of the United States, we do have an affiliate link in the description for you guys to order the pay-per-view gives us a little commission helps with the show as well. Uh, let us know, give us a thumbs up. If you like the idea of us maybe doing a live call in eventually, I kind of want to get the, Riverside thing iron out before we definitely do that. Um, but don't forget to share us over social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, SCPV Podcast. Subscribe, hit that bell for notifications. We'll see you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Cycle Babble.